Hey, beer lovers, welcome to the Bruise Less Traveled Beer Club and podcast. We have another great episode for you today as we continue exploring the beer scene in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're going to be drinking a Hellas Lager from Resident Culture Brewing Company called Country Kind of Silence. We have two guests today from the Charlotte Beer Garden. We're going to be speaking with their front of house manager, Bria Edmonds, and Owen Ballard, their keg manager. The Charlotte Beer Garden has the most taps in the world, 436 to be exact. So if you needed a reason to go to Charlotte, this is definitely it. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Bruise Less Traveled podcast and beer club. I'm your craft beer loving host, Molly Lamb. We are back today in Charlotte, North Carolina. We are going to be drinking a delicious Hellas lager called Country Kind of Silence from Resident Culture Brewing Company. And I am joined by my amazing co-host for the entire month of October. I feel so spoiled to have Mary Catherine back here again. MC, how are you? You want to say a quick hello? Hey, Molly. I'm great. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. I'm really excited for another week of drinking awesome beer and interviewing some really, uh, really impressive folks this week. And as always, we have some fun inclusions that all of our beer club members get. One of my personal favorites is something we always include and is this awesome brewery map. I'm obsessed with maps. That's actually not a lie. I love looking at maps of any kind of city or anything anywhere. And this map tells you all of the amazing breweries in the Charlotte area, the ones that we are featuring, of course, and even the ones that we are not. So when you guys plan your trip to Charlotte, take this with you, please. And also, if you flip it over, of course, you have our schedule for the entire month. So you'll see who we're speaking with and also some fun facts about the city. Yeah, and we have two really great guests tonight from the Charlotte Beer Garden. Bria Edmonds is their front of house manager. Owen Ballard is their keg manager, a.k.a. the beer guru. So this place has the most beer taps in the world, 436 to be exact. Absolutely wild. I used to work at a restaurant that had 55 beers on tap and it was overwhelming. So I'm so impressed by these folks already. I worked at a place in college that had 18 and I had a very hard time remembering yeah. that. And I'm yeah. super excited to uh, have it be kind of a, a woman's club tonight. And Owen's going to be a little outnumbered. I love that we have a, a very female centric crew tonight. That's always just kind of fun and a little bit rare in the beer world. There is something so fun and so extravagant about going somewhere that has 436 taps. There's something for everyone. You can bring anyone, you know, they, and then they'll find something that they like. Mary Catherine, do you want to go ahead and open this beer? Yes, very much so. Let's do it. We're opening the country kind of silence. Hellas Lager from Resident Culture Brewing Company. Trying to figure out this amazing artwork. I was just looking at it too. It's an awesome can. And I love that it's um, black instead of silver. Yep. And Isn't interesting. It looks like um, kind of like Shell Silverstein. Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely cool can art. I'm actually doing a bit of a, a bit of a slow pour here. I love a slow pour. I do too. This glass is perfect for it. It's like tall and like 20 ounces. All right, guys, I'm going to use my awesome Bruvana mason jar, which is such a Southern thing. Gorgeous golden color. Oh man, I love a Hellas. Yeah, nice, beautiful white foam on top that you know if if an alien were to drop down to earth and say like what is beer i'd be like this is beer 
right here. Cheers, guys. Beautiful. Cheers. That jumps out at me right away. Wow. Yeah, nice and like effervescent. But a little bit more about this beer. So it clocks in at 4.75% ABV. So super crushable, nice and light. I would call this a kayak beer for sure. I love a 16 ounce kind of lower ABV. Right away, I'm getting this sort of prickly, zippy, rustic character. And it kind of perks up your taste buds. There's a really beautiful multi backbone happening here, which is very common in a Hellas. And I love that. The hops are definitely a little more restrained as a good Hellas should be, because I firmly believe that over hopping can really destroy a good Hellas, in my opinion. It's a nice round lager, I would say. Yeah, I think it's really well balanced. The hops are a little floral. I love a good floral mm-hmm. hop. You know, and this this is just a super refreshing beer. And something about a Hellas to me goes so well with food. I always mm. say a Hellas and an amber ale go great with food to me for some reason. Something about that sweeter malt character, I think, goes well with food, per- personally for me. And, uh, you know, while you guys kick back and relax a little bit, let's hear a few more fun facts about Charlotte. So Charlotte's current NBA team is called the Hornets. And actually the Charlotte cop cars have Hornets etched, like a little logo etched on the design of them. So they're obsessed with things that can sting you in Charlotte. Yeah. So why is this community so infatuated with stinging insects, you might ask? So in 1780, uh, British General Charles Cornwallis marched his men through the city where they encountered a lot of resistance. He'd go on to call Charlotte a quote unquote hornet's nest of rebellion. Little did he realize the town would start to embrace his comment. So today, Charlotte's two main nicknames are the Queen City and the Hornet's Nest. Cincinnati is also known as the Queen City. So uh, that is technically Queen of the West. It's before we figured out how West the country goes. Also, while you guys chill and relax a little bit longer and catch a nice vibe, I want to tell you a little bit more about resident culture. So they opened in 2017 with a really big appreciation and focus for assertive hop forward styles. And they were really striving to kind of accentuate that character and quality of what the farmers would actually harvest. So the concepts of subtlety and nuance are ever present in all of their beers, particularly with their lager beer. And their cool shit program is very telling of their attention to detail and its strong sense of place. And they actually transformed an old family warehouse into the space that contains the cool ship. And I had the best time at Resident Culture. They had great merch. I bought a shirt that said Kolsch on it. I always joke, I'm a Kolsch girl living in an IPA world. So I love that. It was like this cute little crop top and it said Kolsch on it. So I had to take that. And uh, I got a nice tour of production. They had a great team there. They took me behind the scenes. I always love seeing where the magic happens. I tasted an Italian pills. So, so good. I love a Pilsner. And they had this delicious mushroom fermented dark sour ale. It was intense. It was like super sour and it had this little bit of funk on the end from the mushrooms that they added during fermentation. It was so good. Have you ever had anything like that, Mary Catherine? I can't say that I have. I've definitely, I had something from um, Phantom years ago that was brewed with vegetables of some sort. 
Mm. but not mushrooms. That's so interesting. I wonder what like the mushroom cool ship combo tasted like. It was such a complex beer. It was like, you kind of got this sour right on the front, little funk, little sour. It was just layered and completely nuanced. It was a really, really delicious beer. Was it a cool ship beer or was it kettle powered? I'm not sure. I want to get more facts on that because it was so, so good. I loved it. And they had a really awesome, hazy New England style IPA that was hopped with New Zealand hops. And I feel like that's kind of rare to get New Zealand hops in a, uh, in a hazy beer. I feel like normally they're not really using those. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Those are so good. Yeah. They give it like a little bit more of kind of a staunch character. And the beer, it's like not as fruity, but it still gives it like a fruity zest to it, but it doesn't linger as much on the palate, I find, with New Zealand hops. Yeah, I like that zippy like Sauvignon Blanc uh, taste that it adds to beer sometimes. Yeah, with the Nelson Savin hops. Mm -hmm. So good. Let's welcome on our guests this evening. They're from the Charlotte Beer Garden. Let's welcome on Bria Edmonds, front of house manager and keg manager Owen Ballard. So we always love to start out asking your craft beer origin story. So Bria, can we start with you? How did you kind of get in the craft beer world? Uh, So I was working at Tyler's in Durham and it was the first place that I worked at that had more than like five or 10 taps. And then I was like, what's all this? This stuff is cool. But then I didn't even drink beer like that at the time. So it was like, okay, well, I'll start with the cider. And then they were like, no, you got to try hops. But as I was working there over time and kept learning about beer, I was like, wow, I really love this. And then I just kept going full steam from there. I love that. Owen, how about you? Um, I mean, kind of like everybody else, you know, you start drinking the, the awful domestic beer you can get your hand on when you're young. And then, you know, when you finally turn 21 and you go to a bar and you can like experiment different things, I was like, well, let me try something I didn't like. Found out I liked stuff that wasn't, you know, mass produced across the country. And then it just went from there. And then when I moved down to Charlotte, obviously this place is just crawling in craft beer. Um, and it was kind of just a match made in heaven. I was just like, well, this is my interest in it was peaking. And I was right here when everything beer wise in the city was just skyrocketing. So it kind of just matched up perfect time. I love that. I feel like you guys have such an authentic journey. You're just like, I like beer. I like good beer. Charlotte has good beer. This place has good beer. Mm-hmm. I love it. There's something so authentic about your story. And I heavily relate to that because everyone's like, Molly, how did you get into craft beer? I'm like, I like beer. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's kind of like, that's sort of the extent of it. And so, Owen, I know you and I got to hang out when I was in Charlotte. So it's, first yeah. of all, very good to see you again. Great. And Yeah. And I remember you telling me how much you had to learn about draft systems. That was one of my favorite classes that I took at San Diego State when I was getting certified in craft beer. I loved draft systems way more than I thought I would. And so I wanted to talk a little bit more about that. Can you walk us through a little bit of a day and how your team cares for these 436 taps? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a lot. You know, each each line is individual. So everyone has their own, you know, uh, line. They have their own tap, their own CO2 running through the keg, their own coupler. Everything is individualized all in a mass quantity. So, you know, day to day, it's it's maintaining that, making sure that the CO2 is properly poured, making sure everything's filed correctly, everything's still tight. Um, and then, you know, also cleaning it. So we have a, a third party company that comes in and cleans them every two, uh, couple of weeks often. Um, but at the same time, every time a beer kicks, we're going to clean the line ourselves just to make sure it's extra clean. So whether a beer is going back on or we're going to switch it out, um, obviously we're going to run some solution through it. And that's really a big part 
you know, to keeping it fresh. That makes sure the cooler's cold, you know, all the, all the basics, just in a much broader scale and a much bigger scale, obviously. And are you guys typically doing like a caustic cleaning every two weeks or what is the solution that you'll use? I'm just curious. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, they, I don't know the exact solution that they use, um, but they'll come in and actually get in and, and clean out, you know, the, the whole front part of the cat, the, the actual coupler itself. Um, when we run it through, you know, we have a special uh, chemical that they use in our sister company up in Raleigh that we just add water to that. Um, and it's obviously not, you know, you can, Drink it if you must, but we're going to make sure it runs through the whole time. That way the line's cleaned out. It gets all the, you know, residual hops or the fruit, if it's a sour, stuff like that. Um, just make sure the line's clean, the, the, the coupler's clean, the everything about it's just clear. Um, that way it just looks like it's brand new. That way whenever you put the new beer on, you're not getting cheated. You're not having anything leaked in the same thing. So far, knock on wood, it's, it's, it's been a success. I think customers don't realize how important a clean draft line is because I've heard of breweries actually going to tap rooms, getting mad at them and not letting them serve their beer anymore because they're like, you know what? You're not serving our beer in clean draft lines and it tastes bad and people think our beer is bad. Exactly. It's not bad. It's just your draft lines aren't clean. So kudos to you guys for taking it so seriously. I think that's, I think that's very, very important. And also, Owen, I'm just wondering what is some of the most important things that your team needs to know about draft systems? Just kind of on the most basic level. Most basic level, obviously, I mean, most important is just making sure that the CO2 and and for the nitro taps, nitro taps is under control. It's at a safe level because at the very top of the list, you know, we need to be safe. Something starts leaking, you know, one of them gets loose and there's too much gas in there. Obviously, it's a hazard. So that's by far number one and the most important thing. But, you know, other than that, I would say, obviously, you know, cleanliness is number two. We want to make sure, just like you said, everything's clean. That way, the beer that we're purchasing is going out the way it's intended. And really, other than that, it's, you know, organization skills, um, just making sure everything's, you know, making sense, making sure the lines aren't pinched when you're dealing with you know, close to 200, 200 lines and one cooler at a time, it gets really jumbled. It gets really, you can cross tangle lines, all that fun stuff. Um, so it's just making sure you're, you're just paying attention to the product, taking your time doing things, making sure that the right line is going on the right beer and you're not getting things crisscrossed and, and, and pinched because that can happen very easily. Um, so it's just, you know, doing your due diligence daily, I would say. Let's take a beer break. So we've been talking a lot about draft systems in today's episode. Why exactly is draft beer better than beer out of a can or a bottle? Of course, a lot of this lies purely on personal taste and opinion, but when you're drinking a draft beer, you're getting a higher level of carbonation, which will lead to a better mouthfeel than you would if you're just drinking out of a bottle or a can. This is because there's constant pressure being applied to the liquid. Also, the beers that have been canned or bottled are usually pasteurized, which is when heat is applied to kill the germs. This can sometimes offset the flavor a bit. Draft beer will be refrigerated until it's served, offering a more crisp flavor. A keg will also protect against light exposure or major temperature fluctuations. Both of these things can wreak havoc on the flavor of beer. Sometimes bottled or canned beers are sitting on the shelf for a long time, causing them to be a bit stale upon customer purchasing. So those are all the reasons I personally think that draft beer is just a better beer. Now let's get back to the episode. Bria, you have a big job, big responsibility. Um, the Charlotte Beer Garden has a capacity of 9 
hundred. So, I mean, tell us like as front of house manager, how do you begin to manage a space that large? I think the one thing that's made me most successful is the relationships that I've built with the staff and knowing them, because it's very easy in this place to, I don't want to say put the wrong person in the wrong place, but with the beer bars and then having the liquor as well, we have a lot of people that know how to talk beer and pour beer and all those fun things with beer, but they don't necessarily know how to pour liquor. So definitely putting aces in places is a giant factor in this place. And then teaching really. Um, teaching them, you know, how to talk to people about beer and what kind of language to use with the beer. And that definitely alleviates a lot of problems that we don't have to, you know, go back and micromanage, so to speak. But it's kind of just having faith in the staff and just being there for them. That's one of the best things you can do in this place because things get crazy and it's just just taken in stride. Yeah. In my experience, the best manager is just a really good support person. And that's the one thing I try to be there for them the most, period. No matter what's happening, are you guys okay? And everything flows much smoother knowing that the staff is okay. Yeah. Um, And so the first level of the bar has totally, completely local North Carolina beer. And the second level has 222 beers from out of state. Um, So which level do you think is the most popular? Probably depends on the day. Mm. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Definitely okay. day. Typically, um, our local beer section is more busy. Um, but if we're talking like Friday, Saturday, it's usually the second floor, whether that's because of game day or whatever the case may be towards the weekend, they, they float more to the second floor or the roof. Hmm, that makes sense. And I think honestly, it depends on, like she said, what, when it is Notice kind of last year during the pandemic, a lot of people really gravitated towards local because they wanted to support local, whether cool. the brewery wasn't open, the tap house wasn't open, they couldn't go to that brewery and get it, or they just, you know, thought, you know, supporting local. So I, I we noticed that that, that floor was a lot more popular during the pandemic, but you know, now things are kind of back to normal. It's like she said, it depends who's in the building that day. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I, I love that people really went towards local during the pandemic. As you probably know by now, our podcast is done in the form of a live stream. All of our beer club members get to tune in live with me and ask any questions that they want to me, my co-host or the guest. We just had a great question from one of our live audience members. Let's hear what it was. How do you guys pick what beers to put on draft and how many taps? Uh, I mean, it's a combination of everything. You know, we're really big. We usually use Untap the app to see, you know, if a beer is rated well across the, the public. That's really the best way to see how the public's going to react to it. Because if they're rating it high on the app, chances are they're going to like it here. Um, you know, uh, it could be if it's, you know, a rarity beer because we have the most taps in the world. We also want the, the most wild and the uh, most rare beers. So if it's something that's a one-off, they don't have a whole lot of, they're usually going to jump on that. You know, styles, making sure we're not overloading on styles. We don't want a hundred different, you know, hazy IPAs. We don't want a hundred different, you know, gozas, stuff like that. So um, just having a nice mix uh, of stuff like that. And then at the end of the day, really what we like to drink. So (laughs) if we see something that we personally like, we're going to grab it. And we're just going to put it on there because, you know, we're going to drink it. Even if they hate it, we're going to have at least a keg that we know we can drink. Exactly. We're not going to have an issue with that. Um, It's a perk. (laughs) So also, Owen, speaking of gozas and sour beers, you mentioned that y'all had a sourgasm party. 
Can you tell me a little bit more about that? I know you said you guys don't have to host a ton of parties because the number of taps kind of brings people in, but y'all chose to do a sourgasm party, like all about sour beers. I want to hear a little bit more about that. Yes. I mean, we like doing, obviously, because we have the space and and the beer to do it. We just like doing different beer events, um, whether it's IPAs, Oktoberfest, um, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, during summer, you know, we really saw the sour program just flying through here, whether that's just... The, the time of the year, just the clientele we had in, um, but all different kinds, whether it was, you know, Berliner Weisses, Gozas, or the, the real thick fruited um, milkshake type sours, you know, really, really thick guys. So we just had said, you know, let's have an event. Let's sell tickets to it. Um, and we did it up on our roof and we had all 24 taps that are on our rooftop. We just switched to all different kinds of sours. So we had, you know, your wild ales from your Gozas to all different kinds, all different flavors, all different fruits. Um, and, you know, just... I mean, we like the name Sourgasm just because it's punny. Like I said, I remember when we spoke, you know, at the end of the day, we're in the beer industry. So if you're not having fun and, and, and laughing with it, what are you doing? And and honestly, the chat is blowing up right now. Everyone thinks this sounds amazing and super yummy. So I think y'all should do another Sourgasm party. And are you guys making any beer cocktails? So I got a couple of fun things coming up my sleeve, especially with the winter season coming. We, we got a couple things on the way. We do already have some. Um, we have like a wheat mojito and our Irish sangria. There's a there, we got cider in that one. So we do have a couple things now, but I do want to switch to more beer heavy than the liquor heavy. So that's and I just started in management here about two months ago. Um, so I'm still, you know, getting to some things that I really want to get done outside of what needs to be done. But yeah, those are on the way. Promise. And I know, Owen, you mentioned that one of the biggest issues you have is space for the tap handles. That's (laughs) something that we don't think about because, you know, on the first floor, you guys have all the local beers. And then on the second floor, you have all the beers from outside of state and it's like over 200. So do you notice that there's a big impact to what customers purchase based on a tap handle? You know, for example, if it's one that shows a logo or if it's just plain tap handle that doesn't have anything. Do you notice that that has a sway in customer purchase? Yeah, surprisingly, it's 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 a big sway too. Um, Absolutely. And, and we really took notice, you know, um, we've only been open now for about a year and a half. Uh, so we only had 16 days before COVID hit that we were open and then we were closed down. And then when we reopened, you know, we had a bunch of restrictions and people had to stay at their tables and they couldn't come up to the bar to order. So it wasn't a big deal then because they weren't walking up to the, the massive bar, the massive tap handles we had. But ever since things have been restricted, uh, you know, loosened a little bit, people can walk into the bar. You know, they honestly sometimes are just too lazy to look at the menu and they just search for a tap handle they know and, and they want that. So, you know, with both of our bars, we're having so many taps. We have four rows of, of beer taps. So that really limits the space as massive and as giant of a place that we have with all the uh, space and all the, the, the bars we have. You know, you only can put so much beer in so so big of a space. So. Um, yeah, honestly, tap handles is a, is a big issue we have really lucky with the people that we work with, you know, locally going out of their way making custom tap handles for us, you know, shorting them up, however they got to do it to, to get their product out there. Cause we do see a difference. And, and I think the breweries would admit that too. You know, if they, somebody goes and they see a tap handle that they're familiar with, they're probably going to jump towards that first, uh, as opposed to something that they have no idea about. Absolutely. I always say that's a, that's a menu without you having to print it. And I'm curious, 
what do you do with any unique tap handles after the beer kicks? I'm thinking this could be a fun inclusion for our beer club members. There you go. Um, honestly, it depends on the brewery. Some of them want them back, obviously, for reuse or obviously uh, different whatever they need to use them for. But um, we have a hefty stash of tap handles um, <laughs> left over from beers that are no longer on or maybe in the future or just some that plain don't fit because, you know, we'll get a special tap handle that is large and doesn't fit on the wall um, that we have. So we have a, we have a nice, pretty good stash still. <laughs> That's cool. For better, for worse. And sometimes we get lucky enough for them to send us uh, like a handle where you, we can just change the sticker on it. Um, nice. So we don't have to, you know, switch them out, try and fight with them or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, those are nice. Um, so Molly had mentioned that you guys have amazing craft beer, obviously, but you also sell Miller Lite. Yeah. So can you tell us what that's all about? Well, when game days come, because we're right here from the stadium, like five minutes walking distance. And I think we all have that moment when it's crush time. It is crush time. Um, so it, it's typically Monday through Thursday, but like, barely get sold Miller Lite barely get sold um but it's those heavy weekend game time game days that it flies I don't think it's because they don't want to drink the craft beer I think they just want to stay as level as possible and you know not have three four beers and then realize they're super out of their mind but they know if they drink that Bud Light Miller Lite it's a fair ABV and they'll be okay yeah and Molly like when we were speaking last week I said you know we have a little bit of everything for everyone we have the most beers and the random beers and all these different types, but you know, we have a full liquor bar. So if somebody wants to get a cocktail, they can do that. We have wine. Um, we have sodas, we have all this fun stuff. And, and along with that, you know, you need your domestics. Cause like she said, you know, some people aren't coming to try something new. Some people are just coming to have, you know, two after work. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. You know, my oldest brother, Tyler, he is a Bud Light drinker and you know, I'm like, okay, I get that. Where can we go hang out? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? It's like somewhere where it's like I can get my like peanut butter porter thing, and then you can ha- you can have like a, a light domestic beer, and then my mom can drink wine, and then you know my my dad wants like a like a bourbon coke, you know. So it's like you guys like that actually is a very cool vibe you're curating. Yeah. Super you're welcoming. Really, very, yeah, it's very inclusive. We like to nickname it Beer Disney. it's disney world yeah perfect (laughs) yeah and you know you guys are just such a vital point of the charlotte beer scene i'm curious what is your ideal day off in charlotte bria can we start with you if i could have a choice it'd be like tuesday and saturday just because the breweries are open on tuesday because <laughs> most of the breweries are here i mean i don't know if that's everywhere but you know closed for production and, and brewing and all that stuff on monday um so between tuesday and just because if i'm off i get to take care of my things um and don't have to worry about time really and then saturday i'm just ready to have some fun you know bria that is such a service person answer today. <laughs> Tuesday. My favorite day off would be Tuesday. Like like I would go do a hundred things. I love that. Tuesday. That's funny. I mean, I guess, I mean, I didn't think about it that way, but now that she said it that way, yeah. I mean, if it's a weekday, you know, just take yourself, but if it's a weekend, you know, honestly, just, I enjoyed trying things I haven't tried and going places I haven't gone. Um, And I mean, whether it's beer or it's not beer, there's, there's so much to do in the city of Charlotte and they're putting up something, you know, 10, 
new spots every week. Um, so I like trying out new spots, exploring parts of town I haven't explored, places I haven't been in a while. Obviously, you know, trying beer that I haven't tried either too. So we hate saying, you know, nobody wants to go to work on their day off, but it's really hard not to because we have so many good really stuff that I really want to try. Um, so we try to stay away from here on our days off as much as we can. But usually at one point you got to stop in just because you're like, ah, there's, there's one or two that I just need to have before they, before they before kick it gone. over the weekend. I don't get a chance to. I totally get it. Totally. Those are great answers. I love it. I mean, Charlotte, there is so much to do there. Guys, as we wrap up here, it is time for our rapid fire questions. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. We change these up every single month. Your job, Bria and Owen, is to not think, just answer. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. All right. Kettle sours or wild sours? Kettle. Kettle. Okay. Okay. Uh, favorite type of beer glass? Uh, a boot. The biggest one available. Exactly. Great. Bria? I like the 10 ounce. I don't know. I like the 10 ounce. Totally. I love a smaller pour. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like it. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> Marzins or pumpkin ales? A Marzins. Pumpkin ale, but I, I like a pumpkin ale with cinnamon sugar rim around it because mm-hmm. I'm a sweet tooth guy, so that adds that extra little kick to it. Well, there's a beer you guys serve that has that, right? I mean, we could do that with anything, really. Um since no beer really officially comes with it, you know, we don't really want to favor one over the other and put, you know, a cinnamon rim on one of them. But I mean, if guests wants, to, you know, if I come in and ask for it, I, I, they can make it happen. <laughs> what do you all love about the kettle sours? I'm just curious. I know this is supposed to be rapid fire, but I got intensified on um, Me personally, I, I think I just, because I can have a few of them. Um, you know, the wild ales, they are super different super fragrancy but there's also very super tart they're gonna really mess you up you know tart they are funky yeah they're intense it's it's like it's like they're delicious because i love wild sours but sometimes i'm like a palate destroyer like sometimes Mm -hmm. i'm like whoa this just knocked me out exactly exactly so i mean i love those like you said but when you work someplace that has a bunch you know i'm usually trying to try more than one so yeah okay beer flight or small pour beer flight Small pour. 12 ounce six pack or 16 ounce four pack? 12 ounce six pack. I'd, I'd say 16 ounce four pack. Hmm. Bria, I am on the- <laughs> Yeah. Sounds like Bria, Molly, and I are going to need a little drinking session together. Yes, absolutely. Once again, I'm out <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Bria and Owen, it has been a pleasure having you. Is there anything you guys want to plug? What's y'all's Instagram? My Instagram is uh, two underscores naturally brief. Mine's, mine's a lot more boring, so I'll plug the restaurants. Um, it's just CLT Beer Garden. Look that up. She's actually the one that runs that as well. She's doing a kick-ass job. So got a lot of fun events coming up. We're really planning a lot of stuff for the fall. Um, we have a ton of space. We're really using that to our advantage. We have, uh, she said, a fall fest, which we're going to have all October and pumpkin beers coming on. Um, we're having a drag brunch um, on a Sunday morning, so we'll have that. We have literally football weekends. We have trivia on Wednesdays. Um, so we're really trying to knock events out of the park. We're starting a comedy show on, on yeah, certain days. Yeah, I, I, so. I got a whole lot going on over here. So okay. um, Halloween, yeah, we'll Halloween be having party. a winter fest um, that comes around soon. Um, keep an eye out for that. Yeah, we got we got a lot of stuff. So follow that Instagram. You'll be you'll be, yeah. you'll want to see it. That is awesome. 
Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Thank you to my wonderful co-host, Mary Catherine, and my two amazing guests, Owen and Bria. You guys were so interesting and phenomenal. Thank you guys for coming on. We are going to continue to explore Charlotte next week as we visit Divine Barrel. It was divine indeed. This place was one of the most chill breweries I've been to recently. I really appreciated the relaxing vibe that was going on there. We're going to be tasting their pleasantly plum fruited Berliner Weiss. Cheers, everyone. Thank you all so much for tuning in. It's always a blast having a beer with you. Don't forget to sign up for the Brews Less Traveled Beer Club, and this way you'll get the beers I've been drinking delivered right to your doorstep, plus exclusive access to our weekly live streams. You can also follow Bruvana on Instagram and me as well at Molly underscore Brews Less Traveled. I always love hearing from you guys, especially if it's a beer recommendation. So keep the messages coming. Cheers.